It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your co-host, Adam, AAA Adams, and this is a seven-part series, a seven-part series. We are in part number four. It's confusing because part number four of the series is piece number three of four of the actual KLTI blueprint. The first episode, we go over, we do an overarching KLTI blueprint. What is it? How does it work? Why is it important to you? And the second episode, we talked about the first part, the no. How do you get those 40,000 people to know your name? In last part, the third episode, we talked about the like. How do you get those people that know you? the 40-ish thousand, to decide that not only do they like you, but they trust you. They want, or not only do they like you, they want to get on, on your list. And now they're a part of the 6,000 people that you can stay in front of with your email list often. In today's episode, I am extremely excited because I'm going to outline and overview what it looks like for you to get people after they've decided that they're interested in you to being committed to passively investing with you. How do you get them from liking you to trusting you? How do you get them from the second piece of the funnel to the third piece of the funnel? How do you do that? And that's what we're talking about today. And so here is a general overview that's going to help you see this in your mind and help you understand that you really do have two lists. A lot of people, they skip. They skip the K, they skip the L, they skip the T, they go straight to the I and they fail. They fail. They skip the K, the L, the T, and they go straight to the I and they fail. Why do they do that? Why do they skip all of the important stuff? It's because there's been a big myth. There's been a myth out there that says, if you find a good deal, the money automatically follows. That doesn't happen. Here's what we're talking about today. We're talking about apples. How do you like them apples? We're talking about some apples today. How do you like them apples? Now, here's the thing. If I want an apple, I've got, a couple of choices. I can go to the store and pay big dollar for an apple or I can start growing my own apples and in 30 years from now, I'll have an amazing apple tree that I can pull, I can pull those apples off anytime I want. Okay? Those are, those are the two choices. Now, if you decide to pay top dollar for the apples, then you have to understand that you're paying a premium. That there was a farmer that grew the apple, spent the time, nurtured the apples, and then they charged more than it cost them to do it because they need to stay in business so that the store where you buy the apple can make a profit. And the store, because they need to make a profit, 
they double the price again. So you're paying four or five or 10 times the amount that it would really cost to make the apple in the first place. The amount that it takes if you grow them, it saves you so much money. But you've got to put yourself in and you've got to put the work in and you've got to do the time. And nobody else wants to do the time. So they, they skip the K, they skip the L, they skip the T. We're talking about you having as many apples as you ever want. How many apples do you want? You want to have so many apples that you could sell apples to other people because you can't even eat all the apples. That's how many you want. Because no matter what, if you, if you decided that you needed to make 10 apple pies, you'd be able to do that without any worry or any effort because the apples are sitting right there in your garden. And all you got to do is pluck them. They're fresh and actually they taste better. Apples from your garden taste better than other people's apples. You're not going to dip your apples in wax. You're not going to put pesticides on your apples. You're not going to ship your apples across the world, in many cases across the world, for months or weeks at a time. Why do you think apples don't go bad? It's because they have that wax feeling or that wax coating. Well, that's one way to do it is, is to pay a premium for apples that are subpar or to grow your own apples. So let me teach uh, you what, how I look at um, raising money. I look at raising money like this. At first, you need to find fertile soil and a seed. Step one, fertile soil and a seed. This goes with your messaging. This goes with who you are, what you do. We got to start there. So you're going you're gonna to find the fertile soil, you're going to find the seed, and you're going to plant the seed as many inches deep as you're supposed to in order to have the perfect apple tree one day. Second thing you're going to need to do is you're going to need to nurture, feed, water, fertilize the soil, the apple seed. And then it's going to sprout. And that's the miracle is just planting the seed is, is going to change your future. It's just planting that seed. They say, when's the best time to plant uh, a tree? Well, the first best time was 30 years ago, but the next best time is literally doing it today. And I want you, if you haven't done this already, I want you to do this today. I want you to go through the KLTI blueprint today. I want you to make sure that this is what you're focusing on today. I want you to plant that, that apple seed in fertile soil. I want you to water it. When it starts to grow, there's going to be some pieces of that tree that are overgrowing. And you're going to have to have the ability to prune that tree. There's going to be some dead spots. You got to get those cut off as soon as possible. There's going to be some spots that are growing the wrong direction. You're going to cut those off. So you got to prune the tree. What else do you have to do? You've got to, uh, you've got to 
keep and continuing to, to watch that tree and nurture that tree, usually for years, usually for years. What else do you got to do? You've got to eventually have the ability, you got to have the patience to kind of wait for it to be as big as you want it. And then you, as long as it has some water, you've got apples anytime that you need. And so what we're talking about is, is this pruning process today. We have 6,000 people. We went from 40,000 to 6,000. We need to take that 6,000 to about 10 or 12% of them, which is 742. So we've got to prune off the people that are not really passive investors, okay? 6,000 people said that they liked your lead magnet. We are not going to send deals to all 6,000. We need to prune that tree. We're going to send deals only to the 742 that have said, Sarah, I want to invest with you. I am committed. I trust you because we're in the T today, the T for trust. And here's how we do it. Here's how we prune the tree. Boom, boom, boom. Start to take notes. Uh, what we're doing is we, uh, once that we get those 6,000 people on the list, we are going to email them frequently. And what I like to say is that you've got at least 12 emails queued up in your active campaign through your Zapier that we talked about last time, where they basically um, jump onto that list, grab your lead magnet, and the first email comes to them. Here's that downloadable lead magnet. magnet. Uh, who, actually, it doesn't say lead magnet. I use the word lead magnet, but you're not going to say that to your, to your um, uh, subscribers. You're going to say, you asked for this free piece of uh, value. Here's, here's how you get it. And then the first email is going to come in and says, this is how you download that PDF. Here's where you download the PDF. So they download the PDF. And then uh, the next day, they get another email that has more value on the thing that they want. The big problem that most people do, the big problem most people do, is they, their lead magnet has nothing to do with the, um, with the email sequence, okay? So what I'm suggesting to you from getting them from the like to the trust is to have an email sequence that's A, already set up, already set up and adding value to them, and B, it resonates with the person that downloads the lead magnet. So if they download the lead magnet, the, the checklist of five that Sarah made, here's the five things you need to do when vetting an operating team. Don't invest if they only hit four of them. And if they hit all five, you can go to the next level. Well, maybe Sarah sends an email that says, those are the five. And in my next email, I'm going to share with you, if they pass these five, what are the next three things you have to look out for? If they pass these five, they're not necessarily uh, a proven track record. They're not necessarily a safe investment. They're not necessarily where you want to put your money, Mr. or Mrs. Passive Investor. 
And so in my next email, I'm going to share with you that the, the three things that you need to know if they pass those five. Those five are the basis for everything. But I'm going to share with you the three things that they need to do if they've passed that lead magnet. And then that email comes out and then you talk about the next email. By the way, notice how we're having cliffhangers. What does Netflix do? What does your favorite show do on Netflix or Hulu or wherever you watch? At the end of a show, they set you up for what you're about to get. And that's what you need to be doing. In my next email, I'm showing you the three things that you need to know after they pass this. And then during that one, you say, in the next one, I'm going to share with you the, um, it, not only how to, now you know how to vet an operator, for instance. In my next email, I'm going to share with you how to vet a market. Because even if you have a great market, I mean, great operator, if they're doing it in a crappy market, they're likely to lose money. And in turn, you're likely to lose money, Mr. or Mrs passive investor. And you don't want to lose money. The first rule is to save your principal. The second rule is to refer back to rule number one. And so as you know that you need to save your principal and you already know how to vet your operator, in my next email, I'm going to share with you the 10 steps of vetting a deal, of vetting a market, excuse me, how to vet a market. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So you need to figure out how to do that. And I like to teach my clients that they set up 12 of these. And for, for our clients, we actually set them, we set those 12 up for them. We set them up. We write them. We help them. We, we back them up. They help. We, they figure out a lot of the research. We support them doing it. And then if they don't want to write all of them, we write them for them. And, um, and then they approve them. And make sure that it's written in their tongue, in their language, in their, uh, the way of speaking, because it needs to come from them. I'll write it. My team will write it, but it needs to sound like it's coming from you. All right. So that's what these 12 emails do. And on the 12 emails, the main thing that you want to take away, ding, 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 ding. The main thing that you are going to take away from this podcast episode from getting them from going to liking you to trusting you is this. CTA, call to action. CTA, call to action. The way that you get somebody from joining your funnel and going from the 6,000 people to the 742 people is by calling them to action. Your passive investor is never going to do anything unless you ask them to. So they're getting these 12 emails. And on many of the emails, almost every email, there is some type of call to action. It'll say, by the way, first name, because we're writing this with what they call mail merger, which basically means you put in a you put in a code on your email through your active campaign where it says, by the way, first name, and then, and then all of a sudden John's name will show up. Carl's name will show up. Amanda's name will show up because of this algorithm that, that we work with through the mail merge uh, options on active campaign. 
So by the way, first name, it'll say to your avatar. If you've decided that you're ready to become a passive investor and you would like to see our future deals, this is what you do. And it has to be written almost exactly like that. By the way, first name, if you've decided that you're ready to become a passive investor and you wanna see our deals, this is what you do. And then you give them the call to action. You basically say, you, you go to our website and click get on the list or you'll say, what you need to do is you need to schedule a call with me because I will not let anyone passively invest with my deals unless I've had a chance to go over uh, in detail the pros and the cons to this. It's not all, uh, it's not all roses. And I need to be able to share with that with you on the phone before I ever even let you get on our list. So if you would like to, if you're interested, if that's something that you wanna go over with me, this is how you do it. Okay, you give a call to action. This is the main premise of how you get them from liking you to trusting you. In the next episode, how do you get those 742 that are seeing your deals to become the 62 that have actually passively invested in your deals at an average, at an average of around $120,000 per person. 62 times $120,000 per person is seven-ish million bucks, seven-ish million dollars. So this is how you can raise that $7 million. I will see you on the next episode or I'll see you at Raising Money Summit 2020 or on, a, or on the next one. So anyway, I'm excited to share with you how do you get those people from just trusting you to taking action to put their money in your deal. So that's what we're talking about on the next episode. I'll see you there. I don't know why. I don't know how to end it. Like I, I'm like, I'll see you there. And it sounds silly, right? But um, I'm used to saying, think outside the box. And now I'm trying to come up with something because I know that there's seven. Anyway, you're probably laughing and that's cool. I don't mind if you laugh a little bit at me or with me, with me. Um, but I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box. <laughs>